Hello, everybody, and we'd like to welcome back welcome you back to the Daily Thread. The Daily Thread uh, has a new sibling over the last twenty four hours. How do you mean? We have a WhatsApp uh, WhatsApp account that you can subscribe to and uh-huh. be notified all day throughout the day of different stories that are going on. And, you know, like I mentioned yesterday, it's not just going to be one of those statuses that are breaking headlines of, oh, this happened, this happened. But we hope to offer more depth behind the stories uh, with with dignity, of course. Um, and that leads us into the first discussion, the first story for today, which is a terrorist attack out of... Ariel. Out of Ariel, that's a big city in the Chambron. Uh, I think there's about 40,000 people uh, approximately living in Ariel. It's a big uh, Ariel University is there. I spent the night there in 2002 really? during the height of the Intifada in a hotel. Um, uh, it's a beautiful, uh, bustling uh, community, and uh, it's in the heart of the, the Shomron, and it's probably the biggest city uh, in the Shomron. But uh, did you post the videos on status? I or you don't want to do that. So, so this is it's interesting. You know, first of all, I just want to give. Um, I want to say on the record, you know, our hearts go out to those who, who lost loved ones. Of course. Barclay-Nemes, there's obviously three people right now who are confirmed to have been pa- who have passed from this awful attack, and there are more who are injured. Um, I don't believe in posting such videos. Uh-huh. I know that, I think maybe you posted on your personal status. Yeah, I put, I put on my personal status. Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I think that... Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it has to be thought about. Uh, and I know I, I don't I, think I don't think it has to be hidden. I don't think it has to be hidden. I don't think, I'm not trying to hide something, but I just don't think it's I I, I just don't think it's covered in mace to see to see somebody being murdered. I don't think it, I don't think for I don't think anybody should see somebody being murdered. Well, you really you know I we mean, have traumas of 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 our of our ancestors that witnessed their family members being being executed. And in Barksham, we live in a time where we don't need to see that, and we shouldn't. Well, you really can't see all these videos, and you can uh, see plenty of them. And part of the, the big, the largest portion portion of the video is the uh, uh, IDF uh, tracking down and uh, killing the the perpetrator of the of these murders, the terrorist. Yeah, I I think I think it desensitizes when we just continuously well, see these videos. But again, that's not the story for today. The story for today is the fact that three Jews are killed, um, and, and then yet another terrorist attack in Israel. You know, this has been going on for years. Uh, every so often, there's a there's a wave of terror, um, for no other reason other than the fact that they are Jewish. They were not picked for any specific reason other than the fact that they were Jewish, and um, you know what's going on in in Gaza. You know what's going on in the Arab territories. I'll put up a picture right over here. A tweet from, um, I'll put up a tweet right here from uh, Hanani Naftali. Where uh, he's showing Palestinians in Gaza handing out candies to celebrate a terrorist attack, in which three Jews are murdered in cold blood. They sanctify death. They are not a partner for peace. Radical radicalism has no future in Israel. You know what other people, what other people in the world, will celebrate the death, the the brutal murder of another human being? Well, what you other know, people? The Hamas leaders always say their slogan is that uh, we love death the way you love life. Uh, that's their message to to Israel, and it's been like that, like you said. Uh, for decades, for many decades, and you can't put your finger on saying that this is a reason. And if this has changed, then it'll go away. You can't. There is there is no specific way to uh, to address it. I mean, it's been tried. It's been tried uh, when Ariel Sharon was prime minister uh, during the George Bush administration, George W. Bush administration. 
he sent Israeli forces into the uh, Arab communities to, to fight terror, and he came under blistering criticism from the United States because there's this ambiguousness. There's this lack of clarity about uh, after, after all these years, after more than 50 years uh, of the Six-Day War and after more than 75 years of the founding of the State of Israel, there seems to be a preference to keep everything blurred and unclear, you know, in a dispute. They call it, the best you can get out of people about places like Ariel or Yehudin Shomron is that it's disputed territory. Uh, in his last administration, uh, Bibi Netanyahu came close to um, uh, wanting to annex Judea and Samaria, which means make it legally part of the state of Israel. Right. But also, he was warned by the uh, uh, administration here in the United States uh, not to do it because uh, it would uh, create an explosion. Everything would come would come tumbling down. So there's this diplomatic tug of war that goes on uh, uh, unendingly, almost but, forever. But does it? I mean, of course, I don't. You're not at all saying that because it's. Uh, disputed territory it condones such an act like this uh of course this is the, the, listen uh, there was a, there was there's murders in chicago every weekend you know i'm not comparing it to, to israel it's gang violence it's, this, it's is, this is this is this is these are hate people, crimes people are, are, are losing their lives and, and and no one knows how to address it you could address it but you have to how do you address it effectively how do you stop terrorist attacks they tried. We're going to knock down the house of the people who commit the terrorist attacks. Go ahead. Because Gaza is funding millions of dollars. You know what happened? People who when they, 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 they killed this terrorist that stabbed these people in the gas station, Ariel. And now they're going to find out that his parents knew about it or his brothers knew about they're it. They're going to knock down his house. No, they're going to. They're, then the family. First, before they knock down his house, they're not knocking it down today. What usually happens is the Arab family goes to court. To say that, uh, and then in some cases, when the courts decides that you can't knock down the entire house because they're not sure that the father and the mother knew, so they knock down the room he stayed in. <laughs> so they knock down like a quarter of the upstairs part where, and it's it's absurd. It's an absurd way to approach things. If a family knows they're going to lose their home, or even their permission, that's not going to that's not going to dissuade attack. You think that's going to stop people from committing attacks? Because these people are crazy. These people are these people are are are, are deranged. If 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 they're if they're crazy and deranged, then all bets are off. Then you can't approach it. So how do we protect you ourselves? Can't, you can't you can't protect you, you can't approach it uh, with logic. You're dealing with deranged people. So you know it's a it's a very uh, very very fine line about how to categorize uh, what's going on. But they want to keep everything murky. You know, uh, is uh, you know the Palestinians the Palestinian Authority. I just read the other day um, when Ehud Olmert uh, offered them um, 97% of Judea and Samaria uh, for a Palestinian state, uh, they turned it down. They turned it down because he wanted the other 3% and the rest of Israel to be recognized by the Arabs as a Jewish state. So we can't do that. So the there, agenda, There's no hope for a two-state solution. The, uh, of course not. But the agenda here is not just a two-state The agenda is not a two-state solution. The agenda... From the Palestinian side is the eradication and o obliteration of the state of Israel. So listen, there's a new government now in power in, our, in Israel. Naftali Bennett, uh, who served for what, a year? Yeah, exactly he, a year. He, he, he was an absolute disaster when it came to uh, responding or doing anything in regards to terrorist well, attacks happening. He was Bibi Netanyahu is notable for you know, acting, uh, for, for making sure to protect the Israeli citizens. This is his first opportunity back in office to do something Bennett, about uh, this. Bennett couldn't do anything because he had 61 seats in the Knesset. Four of those seats were in Arab party, Ram. 
It, you uh, know, it's 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 absolutely crazy that we have Arabs sitting in the Knesset, and and they're they're literally. Yeah, you got to back up because uh, Israel is a democracy, and these people are freely elected, and uh, that's one of the uh, what can I call it a conundrum. Uh, that's one of the great, great contradictions. About we're not allowed to go into their territory, but we're giving them the right to run for our, for for our elections. We can't go into their hometowns, but they can come and be part of our government and well, vote against uh, us using action against terrorism. If you read the story that I sent you this morning from Aritzheva, you see that this kid who murdered these people was 18 years old. Yeah, 18 years old. And he had a permit to work in the community of Ariel in the Shomron. So the only thing was is he came to work with a knife with the intent to uh, to kill people, and now he's dead. Uh, had he been captured, he would have gone to prison. And yeah, been a hero. But you know what? Not only is he dead, one of the Israelis killed in Tuesday's deadly attack was uh, Tamir Avichai, father of six children. Really? Father of six children. He went to work today, mm-hmm. working with this monster who has a permit mm-hmm. from the government in Israel to work there. I'm I'm sorry, but the Israeli government has blood on their hands. We're all angry. Everyone, everyone's angry. Everyone's yes, a- but but we're giving this guy a permit to work there. He's 18 years old. He, you, you tell me that he's had a blissful past. There's no signs of any extremism or radicalism in his entire life. He's coming working alongside Jews. He wakes up one day, and he kills three Jews. He then steals a car and runs over another four. Until he's gunned down, it's it's awful. And like you said, what happens if we pull all the permits from the people who are working there who are Arab? What about what about that? What if we start playing you know the what, game you know of you're not allowed to come in? We're not allowed to go into your territory. You can't come into our territory yeah. and make, make money. Okay, let me tell you what happens then. Okay, stay back the up camera. for a second. Stay, stay oh, on the camera. Stay in the camera. Okay, let me tell you what happens then. You know what happens then? Uh, the UN and the United States start screaming about collective punishment. Let me tell you something. About now you're the punishing UN. people that are not guilty along with people that are guilty. I could care less about okay. what the United States and the UN says about Israel. Do you know why? Yeah, but because this attack happened, what, four or five hours ago? Joe Biden hasn't said a darn word about it. He's tweeted. He, he's and, tweeted. And if he says anything about it, not that it does anything, but I don't care what the UN or the United States thinks about what's going on in Israel. And neither should Bibi Netanyahu. So, he shouldn't care when it comes to protecting his citizens. You have Arab kids that are working in Israeli offices and working in Israeli plantations, and and, and they're just going unchecked. You think you think a Jew's gonna go to work tomorrow knowing he has this little Arab working next to him, thinking he's everything's fine? I'm not generalizing an entire people. I'm sure there are good Arabs out there. I I don't know if I'm sure actually. I don't know. I don't know if there are good Arabs. I don't I don't live there, but. How can someone go to work tomorrow working alongside Arabs when this kid has been working there? He has a permit. He supposedly had background checks and he wakes up one day and he kills people. It's very complicated. It's, it's, it's more than complicated. Okay. If I'm a spouse. I'm not letting my spouse go to go to work there. Well, so listen, every restaurant you go to in Israel on King George Street, on Ben Yehuda Street, in the, in the Shuk, they all have Arabs working there. You know, so what are you supposed to do? I don't know. Uh, just uh, not allow anybody into the in, into Israel anymore. I mean, Israel definitely you know? has responded in, in, in ways and post attacks where they tighten their they tighten the restrictions, they tighten the checkpoints, they make they make life harder for them. No, but that really, doesn't accomplish anything. I don't know. It's really the responsibility of the Palestinian Authority, which was created uh, almost uh, what 20, 20 years ago uh, during the Oslo Accords, 
to uh, police their own people. But they're not doing that. But We're asking the they're... blind to lead the blind. They hate, they hate us. They hate the Jews. I'm sorry, but if this happened in any other place in the world, any you other know, place in the world, a, a terrorist attack. One of the components of the Oslo Accords back in 93, is that 30 years ago? 90, yeah, it's 30 years ago. One of the components of the Oslo Accords was, the problem was, how is Muhammad Abbas going to deal with terrorists yeah. in, in the Palestinian Besides Sides were praised them, yeah. So, so he said, he's, you know how he solved the problem? He made all the terrorists policemen. So to him, he did away with terrorism, and that was a great plan accepted by the United States. There are no more terrorists. Every terrorist, anyone with a terrorist background in the Palestinian Authority in those communities got a police uniform. They got a gun, which is provided by Israel, by the way. Yeah. In the Oslo Accords, Israel provided over 50,000 guns to the Palestinian Authority, and uh, of course many Jews were killed by those very same guns. It's sick. It's sick. Okay. It makes it makes me sick. You you look and you see the videos of, of them celebrating, of them handing out candies yet again, yet again. And the funny thing is, is people here in the United States thinks that this is not this is not this is not our issue. It's Israel's issue. Guess what? On September eleventh, two thousand and one, when they killed over three thousand people here in our land, what do you think was going on over there? They're handing out candies yeah, too. Of course. So what happened in the aftermath of that over there? You know. Nothing. Nothing. We Nothing spent happens. 10 years in a, in a, in a useless do, war. So you have to keep your head on your shoulders, and you have to do your best to protect your people. How do you and, do that? And, what and do you suggest? Protect, and to protect yourself. You have to protect your people and to protect yourself. What do you suggest? There's no, there's no 100% solution. I don't have a 100% solution to it. If you do, you know, let me know. I, I, don't, I don't have a 100% solution. You know, there's no solution to, to, to any kind of crime. It's uh, not crime. This is not Chicago, Abba. This is not crime. It's it's nationalistic. It's nationalistic crime. No, it's not nationalistic it's, crime. It's, it's this a, is the guy's eighteen years old. He went to a school somewhere in one of these communities where they spoke to him about the great uh, merit that he has if he kills a Jew. Yeah, and then he spends the next couple of years trying to get a permit to work in Israel alongside Jews, and he acts all good. Then he uses that opportunity. Right, you want? I mean, I'll get you even angrier. And now his family is going to get uh, paid by the Palestinian Authority with the money provided by the United States to the Palestinians to pay this family as a reward for having their child uh, killed after killing Israelis. As a martyr, yeah. And how much money are we giving to the Palestinian Authority of the U.S.? Well, how I much mean, money, how many billions of dollars are we I giving them? I don't know them? about billions of dollars. Donald Trump said the other night at the ZOA dinner that when he was president uh, and he wasn't getting cooperation from the uh, Palestinians, uh, he, uh, he asked, uh, how, how much money are we sending them? They were, he was told $750 million a year. You know what he said? Stop paying them. Stop the check. That's what he said. Yeah. But as soon as Biden became president, he by continued the way, paying again. he continued and, and added to it. Now what? Now what? Now what? If you're angry, if you're angry at this. Yeah, what, what, should they, what should the people do? I don't know. Right, your honest. congressman? If, if the vote's been, if your congressman has been on, if his election has been confirmed and he, and it's not still not being counted, then you should, you can call your congressman, you know, there is uh, there was a law called the Taylor Force Law because a few years ago, uh, American soldier who was uh, who, who was a veteran was in Tel Aviv was in in part of, was in Tel Aviv I believe and he was murdered he was shot and killed by a Palestinian and he had a, he had a, he had a long beard but he was not Jewish his name was Taylor Force but they, he looked Jewish so the Palestinian the, the the terrorists they 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 murdered him 
and people in America, he was a veteran, a U.S. veteran. He served in the armed forces. He served a stint in Iraq and Afghanistan. And here he was murdered by, by terrorists on the street of Israel. And, of course, obviously people were very uh, shaken and, and very upset. And they, they, uh, they passed a law in the United States, which is on the books today, that uh, any money provided by the United States to the Palestinian Authority cannot be used to pay families whose uh, children or siblings uh, uh, commit a terrorist act. And guess what happened? The law's on the books. You know what they do in America? They ignore it. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's un- it's just really just... So just look it sickening. up. Taylor Force Act. The, last name, the guy's last name is Force. Just like, you know, F like in Frank, O-R-C-E. Taylor Force. Uh, okay. It's, 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 it's infuriating, and uh, the only thing we could do is is Dobbin. Uh, you know, I, I, encourage, I encourage not sharing the pictures, not sharing the videos of of the actual attack that happened. It doesn't, it doesn't do good for us. It doesn't do good for the people who are the families for those to go around. Well, you, really um, can't, you really can't see who, what's going on in those videos. I st- again, it's, it's not, it's not a move. It's not, a, it's not a good thing to do. I think. Okay. I'm on a WhatsApp group that shares these videos with the guy in Israel that's in the security services. I disagree with it. I just joined it a couple of weeks ago and I'm getting uh, this stuff. And I think, I think it's important to distribute. You don't have to show it here. This is a family. Just, uh, we, 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 can, we can we can agree to disagree. Yes, we can. As usual, we can agree to disagree. Okay, another news story out of Havishraw, New York, a property at sixty-two River Glen Street in Thiels, with the topic of a November tenth, two thousand twenty-one Havishraw Town Plan Planning Board public hearing. The owners of Congregation Kalbanetora Mount Ivy are seeking variances to expand the building for a neighborhood synagogue. Now, what's the issue? The synagogue is suing Havishraw after the plan rejected, and they cited that religious discrimination was mm-hmm. the reason. Uh, in this mm-hmm. article, it says a group of Orthodox Jewish residents of Havisher Town have filed a federal lawsuit against the town. It's planning board as a whole and three planning board members individually claiming they, they, they conspired to block a Halbanay Torah at Mount Ivy's plan to convert a single home, single family home on a res- residential street into a synagogue. The suit alleges that three members of the town of Havisher planning board led Glenn Woodmere, Joseph uh, Michalak, and Robert... Name, his name is Woodmere? W-I-D-M-E-R, Widmer. Okay. Uh, and Robert Sembrado succumbed to toxic anti-Semitic rhetoric from an angry group of their neighbors in response to plaintiff's efforts to establish a house of worship in town of Havistra. Mm-hmm. The lawsuit cites anti-Semitic comments from a neighbor during a planning a planning board hearing that drew rebuke on the local, state, and national levels. I remember this video is going around. Um, and it's sad to see. It's sad to see that a young, a young community um, that is trying to blossom and, and build a, a shul is is met with such just hatred and vitriol vitriol as i botched <laughs> yesterday yeah listen let me tell you something this happens in every community okay let me tell you two things it would happen here in the five towns uh 25 years ago 25 okay? years ago okay number of shuls uh, wanted to open up in places that were previously private homes and people were against it okay for whatever combination of reasons we had a case in rockville center last year yeah uh, if you remember, where a, a Chabad shliach who just moved in put a menorah on his lawn, and he heard all kinds of anti-Semitic uh, rhetoric at the uh, town board meeting, um, and um, it, ha- it happens in every community. But the end of the story is that the people, religious freedom, is going to win out. Of course. Okay. So it could. Well, what the, the the protesters and the people that oppose these types of projects, the only thing they could do is delay it. But ultimately, the the freedom of religion, the First Amendment and the freedom of religion is going to win out and they're going to be able to, to build. So they could just annoy them and delay them. But uh, there are law firms, it's the Liberty Fund, there's a couple, a couple of others, the Beckett Fund, 
uh, law firms from around the country that yeah. mostly are involved in church and uh, and Christian um, projects of a similar nature, building churches and so on and so forth, that also uh, lend a hand and, and help to represent uh, free of charge. Yeah. Uh, they they represent uh, these people that want to build their shuls around the country. Well, this is us supporting the Jews of Havistra. Continue fighting the good fight. And Ritz Hashem, you will be victorious. Uh, Joe Biden versus the teleprompter. This is a video we actually post on a daily th- on a daily <laughs> right. thread. Yesterday. On a daily thread. WhatsApp status uh, last night. And I'll show the video here. That our significant climate investment will, quote, help turbocharge the emerge the ener- the the excuse me tur- turbocharge the emerging global clean energy clean energy economy i was reading their quote sorry yeah uh, he was yeah. reading he was reading their quote so that's a reason for not being able to well, read uh, you know, coherently I, I, I was in the white house a few years ago at a hanukkah party when trump was president yeah and um, i was in a roped off section for the press so i didn't have too much freedom mm. Uh, I was able to, I don't have a long reach, but I was able to reach the bar where they were serving wine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kosher wine. So I did manage to reach over and get a glass of wine. Uh, but there's this humongous teleprompter in the back of the room. Yeah. Uh, and the president's on the other end of the room and the lettering is so large and it scrolls so slowly, just according to the, the cadence of the person speaking. It's very hard to botch that type of thing. You know, if we had that, <laughs> if we had this program uh, scripted. I would sound like a professional speaker. And we had the words on that wall opposite us. You know, uh, each letter is a foot high. You would, uh, you would, you would sound like a genius. Yeah, but don't worry. Nancy Pelosi said this guy is doing a great job, and he should run for re-election. And he has yes. Kamala Harris, who's doing arts and crafts projects in front of the in front of the press. You see that video? Well, listen. The good news is that sometime today. Uh, the Republicans are going to reach 218 in the House of Representatives, which means they're going to represent the majority. The last I checked before we started recording, uh, there were still 13 races to yeah. be decided, and uh, the Republicans are at uh, 217. So hopefully they get at least half of those. Let's say they get six or seven of those. So they're, they're going to have a majority. And like I heard Newt Gingrich say the other day. Uh, good old Newt. There's no small, medium, or large when it comes to a majority. Yeah. You're in majority. Majority's majority. You're in majority. You win, you win. Another news story that's worth bringing up, and I know that you have a lot to speak about on this topic. It's a little bit different than what you want to talk about. We can transition there, though. Yeah. Uh, a tweet from Shukri Abdurrahman, uh, at Shu for Congress on, on Twitter. Let me see if I understand this correctly. Biden sends our tax money to Ukraine. Okay. Ukraine right. invests in FTX. Right. FTX spends tens of millions of dollars helping Democrats get elected. Basically, we're not just funding Biden's war in Ukraine. We're funding Democrats' war in America. So FTX is a company that was involved in cryptocurrency. Right. They recently, you know, it's it was it was right. founded and right. ran by right. Sam Bankman-Fried, and it recently went bankrupt. Um, I don't want to say it was a Ponzi scheme, but it just you know ultimately everyone wanted to cash out their Bitcoin at one time, and they tried well, to. It wasn't Bitcoin. It was their it was their own currency. It was only their own currency. But I think people did also exchange Bitcoin with them. Well, Bitcoin is also pretty much in the in the dumps. Well, because of what happened to them. Well, and people, everyone tried to you know um, cash out at the same time, and and they couldn't because FTX didn't have the money. FTX is a big company; it's not a small company. There's a an arena in Miami uh, called the Mi- the Miami Heat. They play in the FTX arena. Tom Brady really? had a huge endorse endorsement deal really? with FTX. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy Sam Bankman Freed, so disaster. Uh, he he's they're bankrupt now, but. 
you just see that little funnel over there where we were well, giving money to Ukraine. Ukraine yeah, was giving yeah. to FTX and FTX was, was, was giving tens of millions of dollars to fund Democrats. They gave $10 million to the Biden re-election campaign. Incredible. In 2020. And uh, they've given $40 million to uh, Democratic candidates in this midterm election <laughs> that we have the finishing touches being put on. That's why it's so important that there be a Democratic majority in the House of Representatives because the House does oversight investigations and they're going to be able to get, if this guy comes back from the Bahamas where he's hiding. Is, uh, he, is he hiding there? I know they I mean, love him there. there. He lives there. He's 29 yeah. years old. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he lives there. He, he's, he's, he's hiding out there. He made a lot of money. Uh, he actually, so he, he, bought his, he bought the Democratic Party uh, for $40 million. So you're going to have oversight hearings and people that were involved are going to have to testify. And there has to be, you just can't have hearings, which are nice to watch on TV or listen to on the radio or read about in the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. But you have to have some action taken. You have to have people uh, face, face the music, face, face the law, and, 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 and be punished for doing these types of things. First of all, we need something a little bit, uh, lift up people's spirits a little bit. And, there's nothing as uplifting as finding out how much money people are owed. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. It's not funny, but there's a story this morning about six airlines that owe over $600 million in um, in refunds. If you don't mind me taking a look uh, uh, at, my, at my phone here. Um, so there's six airlines. Now, it's not, not necessarily any, they're not irresponsible. They're not mismanaged. They're good companies, but don't forget we had a global pandemic that shut down countries. Well, I think very, the government shut down the country. The time. government should pay those bills. No, I don't know. I don't know the dynamics of how that's going to work, but I, I do know that uh, there are six airlines that owe uh, a lot of money, and I don't know why they haven't paid it yet. What do they owe the money to? They owe they owe money to their to their passengers. Uh, here it is. So Frontier Airlines owes two hundred and twenty-two million dollars in required refunds. Okay, and they also now penalized by whatever agency is uh, monitoring this, they're being penalized $2.2 million. Air India owes customers $121 million in required refunds. Uh, TAP Portugal, $126 million. Aero Mexico, $13 million. El Al owes passengers $61.9 million in required refunds and, and also being assessed a $900,000 penalty. And Avianca Airlines owes their uh, passengers... Uh, seventy six million dollars. I don't know if they're gonna have to write checks to these people, mm. or do they get uh, you know credit for future uh, future travel or, or or how that how that works. I haven't read the the whole thing, but uh, this has been going on for a while. And uh, and uh, USA Today reports that um, they've been uh, Frontier Airlines has been withholding refunds. <laughs> Frontier is not even worth two hundred million dollars. <laughs> I guess that could explain you why they haven't paid. You couldn't pay some people two hundred uh, million dollars. Frontier to fly airline Frontier. where you get a you get a seat for nineteen dollars, but of course eighty dollars for a suitcase. Yeah, Frontier uh, for, no Frontier Airlines is the airline you get a seat for ninety dollars, but if you want to land, you need to spend you need to spend another ten dollars. <laughs> only, only pay for takeoff. Yeah. Uh huh. So uh, I swipe mean, your credit card in the seat ahead of you if you want to go if you want a smooth landing. So I mean that that's uh, that's uh, uh, an after uh, uh, an after the fact uh, development. It's uh, interesting. Like I, I don't know. I you would never you would never step foot on one of those airlines. One, of, one of those one of those budget airlines. I'd rather not go somewhere well, than go on Frontier or no, or like even Spirit. No, 
I, I, I know people that do. And it's not like a spoil. It's not like a spoiled thing. Like I, I rather not go somewhere than, than go on one of these airlines where it's just like. Well, what airline do you like? Fly, I fly when I go to Florida. I fly either JetBlue. Um, no, even JetBlue these days is like it's not bad. I like JetBlue. American Jet is okay, running JetBlue, no? And, and Delta also Delta is also very, uh, very good, very comfortable, and and pretty efficient. When I go to Israel, most of the time I end up going with LL. Yeah, I love LL. I, I go Delta. Try, a few years ago, I tried something new. I I, I went to Israel with um, Swiss Air. Yeah, and came back with Lufthansa. You know, Exciting. so it was it was uh, it was an experience. It was a stopover. You know, we stopped over in Munich, in Munich, Germany, on the way home. Mm-hmm. And uh, at least I was able to understand the signs over the doors. You know, yeah. it says Arangang, that means entrance. <laughs> and then when it says exit, it says Araus, which uh, conjures up images of uh, of days going by, and a lot of people would be uncomfortable uh, with that. But that was yeah. in Munich, and uh, I don't know. They flew us uh, for the, the from Tel Aviv to Munich. They uh, I think they flew us in a Frontier Airlines type of plane, you know, <laughs> like put together with scotch tape and rubber bands. Right. Uh, but uh, it was a very nice plane from Munich into uh, into JFK. But I'm going in a few weeks, God willing. To Israel? And, yeah. Oh, nice. For Hanukkah. I'm going for Hanukkah. So we'll do some shows. We'll do some uh, shows from there. Israel. And um, we're going with El Al, God willing. And uh, they do a great job. We should end, this off, end off this episode. I definitely want to address. There was a couple of emails that we got. Uh, throughout the day, uh, usually start with emails. Whatever. I know I'm gonna end with emails today. Let me just say, uh, I forgot that. Also, you know, I'm, I'm really upset this episode. I'm just I'm upset about what happened, and yes, yeah, it's and, very disturbing. Obviously. And I'm just disturbed by it. And um, it's very disturbing, uh, and and it happened, but it's very frustrating that uh, no one can get a handle on it, no one can do anything about it. We just keep chasing our tails when it comes yeah. to dealing with terrorist threats. Yeah. Um, so the email that we got is as follows. Um, it's another one from our friend Jack from Tom's River. Okay. So I love your shows. I wanted to bring up a question regarding uh, my father's comments about Zionism. For the integrity of the show, can you please ask him to clarify a simple point, which I think many of your listeners would like to hear. Is your father condoning, endorsing the anti-Jewish Zionist movement, which is obviously based in, based on anti-Orthodox and anti-Jewish ideals? For some context, at one point in the Zionist movement considered Uganda as a homeland for the Jews. That if anything highlight that if anything highlights how divorced the movement is from the Holy Land itself. The late Brisker Rav once said to Haredin, who suggested laying on the floor in front of Zionists who were driving their cars on Shabbos. He told them, if you don't think they are not suspected uh, murderers, then you are a kaifer for the thought itself strong words for sure the point is the zionist movement at its founding is anti-torah perhaps larry was referring to do, to a more general jewish yearning and love for israel and and that is mutually felt and agreed upon indisputably but he but if he clarify that would be helpful for us all thank you for all you do okay listen uh, everything in life I think you uh, got to clarify that i also absolutely everything everything in life has good things and, and bad things about it you know what's that? could you condemn the zionist movement can I condemn? Uh, I can. I can. I'm not going to condemn anything. I'm can gonna, you condemn the Zionist uh, movement no. as anti-Torah? Uh, I'm not going. I'm not. I'm. Con- I'm not condemning anything. I can be critical of things. Why can't you condemn, condemn it? But I don't know what, you, what does it mean to condemn. Uh, I condemn terrorism. You want me to get you the definition of condemn? Yeah, give me. Give me a definition of condemn. Don't try to. First of all, what, I don't understand why you're trying to maneuver me into a corner. Why is that Number a corner? One, I don't mind. I don't mind. But um, you definition know, of condemn is to express complete disapproval of, typically in public. So the, the 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 Zionist movement, which is anti-religious, it's anti-Torah. Uh, the the founder of the of the Zionist movement, Theodore Herzl, was somebody who was not fond of, of from Jews, 
That is not. I don't, is not I, I don't know. What, I don't know. I'm not in Theodore Herzl's head. I don't know what his idea uh, or impression on, of from Jews was. Abba, come Naki, on. you don't know either. You know, so don't make believe. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, but but like these are the facts. You, know, you want to go on Google and read read about Theodore Herzl and read about how the Zionist yeah, movement was started. Yeah. Uh, listen. But why you, 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 that email is just said from Jack. Okay. Address it. Okay. Let, let me let me let me answer you this way, Jack. Listen. To not me, like Jack. a politician. Oh, not like a politician. Um. When, when after the Chet Egel, when Hashem uh, offered Moshe Rabbeinu um, an opportunity to, he offered him, he's going to kill everybody out because they're no good. And he's going to say to Moshe Rabbeinu, I'm going to start a new nation with you. And, uh, and um, Moshe Rabbeinu said to him, no deal. It's we're all in or none of us are in. Or I'm out of here. Erase me from your book. I don't want to be in the Torah. If that's what you're going, how are you going to handle this? Uh, the, the nation of Israel is a complicated uh, type of um, entity, okay, with uh, extremes and, and a big middle and, um, and th- parts that can be condemned and parts that can be praised and parts that can be slightly condemned and slightly praised and very condemned and very praised. But Moshe Rabbeinu, and that's who I follow. I follow Moshe Rabbeinu. I don't know about anybody else, but... I, I like his his I like his uh, attitude that he sees the Jewish nation as a, a great diverse panorama. Not that everybody's good, not that everybody's perfect, but they're part of the Jewish people, and we have to recognize that and we have to work with that. When you say you're a Zionist, I believe that you're referring to you're a religious Zionist, not a political Zionist. You're not you're not a you're not you're not one who's part of the Zionist movement. Which, in its in its essence, in its core, was an anti-religious movement. You know, you're, you're you got to answer the. You got to just okay. You're dissecting something that cannot be dissected. Why? Because it can't be dissected like that. Why not? I'm sorry, it can't be. Of course, you know what? Today, Israel's in a good place with 30 members of the new Knesset from religious parties, from Shas, UTJ, religious Zionists. They're in a good place for the first time in a long time. And you know what? They're not going to, they'll be in the Knesset. They're not going to be eradicate, they're not going to be able to eradicate completely uh, um, uh, mass transportation uh, buses necessarily in every city in Israel. They're not going to be able to uh, make it illegal that cars cannot drive on the streets on Shabbos. But you can rest assured that it'll be dramatically reduced because the other way around, when you had a more liberal, centrist government like Bennett and the left, you had them encouraging Chil Shabbos. So you can't just go from A to Z or from zero to 60, even if you're driving a, a racing car or a Tesla, you can't go from zero to 60 in five seconds. It's a process. I don't, I don't okay? know what that has to do with you. And Moshe Rabbein, what, 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 has nothing to do with me. So you came so out you leave me alone. You, <laughs> you came out and supported. It has nothing to do with me. I subscribe to the uh, attitude and the position of Moshe Rabbeinu. And that's it. And Moshe Rabbeinu. Full stop. Moshe Rabbeinu uh, uh, felt that he was the leader of every Jew. The good ones and the ones that you could consider not so good. I can't wait to see the emails we're going to get from this one. But guess what? You don't only have to email oh, us. Yeah, you don't, don't condemn me. If you want to condemn, condemn Moshe Rabbeinu. Go ahead. <laughs> That is that is gaslighting at its finest, right there. No, not not at all. That's that is the Torah based fact of the matter. Everything else is is based on 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 extremism and ignorance of the of the of the real purpose of the existence of Klal Yisrael. So um, you know, let's get real. 
Stop with the you can't you can't come up with definitive terms that 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 are the last word necessarily in two or three sentences. Uh, life is too complex to be able to simplify. There's more to discuss here, but we'll leave it here for today. That is our that is our. Th- oh. Mike, no, I just fell now. That anyway. is our. That is our thread for today. You can go ahead and WhatsApp us now if you have any questions, topics, concerns. How do you get on the WhatsApp? What do you do? Go ahead and message 516-341-9836 oh. on WhatsApp. That's 516-341-9836. Oh, so you can hit the link in the description in the show notes of this episode and sign up Sign up on WhatsApp. We have content flowing all day, clips from this episode, and a lot more. Have a great day. Be well.